0: The following audio is from the Grove Church. For more information about the church or to listen to previous sermons, visit our website at grove.church. Good morning, everybody hope you're doing well. It is July 1st today. Maybe you weren't aware of that, but uh, it is. And most of us are aware that this is typical 4th of July weather, right? Like remember, lots of memories of me and my dad out and trying to light fireworks in the rain growing up. But uh, anyways, that's what's up. Hey, I want to uh, celebrate something real quick. Um, a couple weeks back, we, we uh, collected an offering called Every Kid to Camp. And our goal is to always do our best to keep the cost of camp low for kids because that cost keeps climbing every year and stuff. And, um, and so uh, a couple of weeks ago we were able to gather in from everybody's generosity over five thousand dollars to help send kids to camp. So I think that's awesome. I want you to give you guys yourselves a hand. It's great. Um. Been seeing some cool reports about our team in Panama, medical and, and construction teams. They're heading back today. So just pray for safe travels. They're supposed to get back somewhere real late around midnight tonight. So uh, pray for that. And then also, I want to take a moment and pray for Andrew and our second campus, which is Venture Church in Redmond. I want to pray for that because this is his first Sunday there. And um, I'm excited for them. I called him last night and said, How you feeling, man? He goes, I'm doing great. Looking forward to tomorrow. It's going to be a good day. And so uh, I want to go ahead and pray for that. Then we'll jump in to our uh, final in our series on second thought. God, thank you so much. Just for, again, for all of us, is this desire to reach people, to help people realize the power of Jesus, that what he's done to uh, bring us to a place of forgiveness, of grace at the cross, and and what it means for uh, this world. And that, God, this is another opportunity for somebody like Andrew to use their gifts to reach a whole different group of people, and we care about that. So we pray you bless him. We pray you bless every individual that's helping make that happen, that's been a part of this current church, as well as those that that are going from Grove Church to to there as a launch team. God, we just pray your blessing, your encouragement. We pray things to go so well today, even as right now they're in their service, God. Thank you for all you're doing with that, Lord. Bless all of it. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen. Amen. Well, we're in a series called On Second Thought. Today is part four, and the whole idea of this series is for you and I to rethink the way that we process certain individuals, ways that we can label, ways that we stereotype, even, even small forms and even large forms, of course, of any bigotry or anything. And um, if you've missed the first three in this series or any one of them, I encourage you to go back and listen. We've got a media link on our website at grove.church. Um, otherwise, uh, you, can, you can hear today and uh, maybe pick up some information. But 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 we're going to be in James 1 kind of briefly today, and I've got a bunch of verses. Most of them are from Proverbs. They're on the screen, and so I know it can be hard to be flipping through pages all the time if you've got a Bible with you, which I encourage, but um, James 1 is where we'll land. The first time I remember this certain thing happening, and I'll explain in a second, Um, I was around 18 years old, and it's happened quite a few times since then. And um, it's basically this. Somebody will say to me, and again, multiple times, somebody will say to me, you know, when I first saw you, I thought you were really stuck up. Then I got to know you and you're not that way at all. And the first time it happened, I remember because I was thinking really, you felt that way? Um, and then it's, again, it's happened a few other times. And and seriously, you start to go like, what am I doing? Like, what, what am I, how am I carrying myself or whatever that 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 people think that? Because I don't like that. Now, here's the thing that you may not know about me and you, you might be surprised by, I guess, but um, I'm outgoing uh, a lot of times. But if I'm in a crowd of people that I don't really know, I don't necessarily assert myself much. I'm actually pretty quiet, pretty reser- reserved. And I guess what happens is that leaves room for people assuming. So 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 um, we make assumptions when information is missing. I've said before that our brain is always trying to figure things out. Our brain is always trying to fill in gaps when we don't have all of the information. And, and it's easy, what happens is, it's easy for, for those gaps that are missing to be filled with negative stereotypes. You know, we, we think, you know, we, we navigate this world, why do they have purple hair? And man, what's with that sleeve tattoo? And oh my word, they totally fake tan, you know, or, or you know, she's less than friendlier or, or whatever. And if you wanna take it a step further to the point where you and I are gonna feel a little more uncomfortable, how about this? Boy, that nationality, whatever it might be, they're so, you know, judgmental or, or, or mean or rude or, or, or whatever it might be. Or, you know, if you're going to live in America, you better learn English or people that mumble, mumble those kinds of things. Or, oh, they're a Democrat or, oh, they're a Republican or, or, or whatever, Seriously, another post from that person from X news outlet, you know, another post from CNN or, oh, another post from Fox News or Breitbart or MSNBC or whatever it might be. And we get all spun up and, and, and find ourselves frustrated. So for this final series or final message in the series on second thought, I want to help all of us rethink Everything we process with all of the people that we're surrounded by, whether it be physically in our families or people in this room even together coming in and going out or in life groups or, or, or even what we post on social media or whatever it might be on second thought, maybe we should think Twice. And James chapter one gives us some simple instructions that sound easy to hear, but not so easy to actually carry out in our everyday lives. James 1.19 says this, my dear brothers and sisters, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak. Everybody say quick to listen. Everybody say slow to speak. Again, super easy to understand, Not so easy to carry out in our daily lives. So James pens these words to the church, and I wanna break it down. I know that's simple. I'm gonna be in a few other places today, but I'm gonna break it down. If you're taking notes, which I really encourage, write some of these things down. I think it'll help you as you navigate life. But I wanna talk about, first of all, quick to listen. What you and I need to learn is to be quick to listen to others, for one. It's too easy for you and I to rush to opinions about something or somebody without hearing all that's going on in the conversations. We make our minds up even though maybe we haven't heard all of the facts. In fact, if you're taking notes, Proverbs 15 verse 28 says this, The heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes Evil. Now, if you notice, I've, I've highlighted a couple of words there because the idea in this proverb is that if you and I want to walk in righteousness, if you want to process things correctly, then instead of blurting out our opinion, instead of, of, of puking out or spewing out all of what we think about something, when was the last time we stopped to hear the whole of a conversation from another individual? But the mouth of the wicked gushes, and I love that word because if you picture it, it's just kind of bursting out, like I mentioned, kind of throwing everything up, puking up all kinds of opinions before we hear the whole of the conversation. Proverbs eighteen thirteen and 17, and I'll give you the first one, 13, 18, 13, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. When, when Heather and I started dating early, you know, we were in high school and a long, long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. We started dating a long time ago. Well, she was a sophomore, I was a senior at Pilchuck, and at the end of my senior year, her family ended up moving to Rockford, Illinois, which is a couple thousand miles away, and I was all heartbroken, and she's you know broken up about it, which who wouldn't be, anyway, so we'll um, keep going. <clears throat> Sorry, that was terrible, but anyway. So what happens is she's at school her first year there in Rockford, and, and <clears throat> she wasn't getting treated very well by some of the kids in her grade. And At one point in PE, they're all out jogging, and this guy trips her, kind of harassing her. Well, she was pretty distraught about it. It was a, a Christian school connected to a church where her dad was one of the pastors on staff. Well, she was so distraught that she left that class immediately, went to her dad's office to... to um, to talk to her about what had happened, all distraught. And her dad immediately, before even hearing what had happened, immediately assumed, oh, she's broken up about moving away from everybody she know and this boyfriend that she found in Marysville or whatever, and, and kind of just began to gave her the speech, give her the speech about, you know, well, there's other guys and maybe he's not the only one. You need to get over or whatever. And, and then finally he stops and she's like, dad, that's not it at all. This is what happened in PE and he felt horrible because he didn't listen to anything that had happened. He rushed to assume why she was acting the way she was acting. To answer before listening, it's folly and shame. And then verse 17, Proverbs 18, 17, in a lawsuit, the first to speak seems right until someone comes forward and cross examines. Have you ever noticed this? Now, obviously here we're talking about in a court of law but the truth is the first or loudest voice often seems like the correct one but even proverbs 18:17 reminds us it's worth hearing or it's wise to hear both sides of a matter before we rush to judgment the value for you and I of listening to others cannot be understated and we're not always very good at listening so listening to others quick to listen to others, and the other one would be quick to listen to Jesus. If you and I live in the wisdom of the flesh doing what we want to do, it tends to go like this. We refuse to reconcile. We refuse to hear the other side. We give up on people. We say we forgive, but we keep rehashing something until we become embittered again, and we live for self-preservation, and yet there is another way. James Later on, I've been talking about this verse 1, 18, 19, excuse me, James 1, In chapter 3, he says this, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. Listen, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. For you and I, listening to others and hearing them out before we're ready to rush to judgment, but also the value, if you say, which many of us do, if you say you're a follower of Christ, you want to walk in doing the right things, walk wisely, walk in righteousness, then there's a whole nother kind of wisdom that you and I are called to walk in. Now to be more specific, to live wisely, to listen to Jesus would include Matthew chapter 12 verses 33 through 37. Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. Listen, For the mouth, sorry, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man or woman brings good things out of the good stored up in them, and an evil man or woman brings evil things out of the evil stored up in them. See, that's where for you and I, that this has more to do with quick to listen to what Jesus has to say instead of rushing to say our peace. And the reminder from Jesus is this, life-giving words start with life-giving thoughts. Life-giving words don't come out of nowhere. Life-giving words come out of an investment in our hearts. And that's what Jesus is getting to. Paul says in Philippians 4, verse 8: Finally, brothers and sisters, listen, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Put your mind on those things because where you put your mind, the outflow of that will become whatever that is. If you're investing in being bitter, in being angry, in being short-tempered, in being hostile, then guess what comes out in the moment you get to present your case. So Paul reminds us, focus on these things. Jesus reminds us, whatever's stored up in here, whatever's going on in your core, whatever's happening in your soul is going to spill out. Life-giving words start with life-giving thoughts. Let me ask you this, where does your mind tend to go? as you're processing life, as you're navigating streets, walking grocery stores, interacting with people that are around you, scrolling through social media, commenting on certain posts, where does your mind tend to go? Are you in the attitude of the rolling your eyes, looking down your nose, thinking that you know better than everybody else? Does your mind tend to go towards the negative? What do you say under your breath about people? What do you think as you interact with individuals who aren't the same as you? What do you say to others, not to them directly? What do you say to others you know about people that rub you the wrong way? What do you post on social media? Everybody say quick to listen. Come on, everybody say quick to listen. Okay, James says everyone, which includes all of us, everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak. Now, here's the filter for slow to speak. Paul says in Ephesians 4, verse 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not let any unwholesome talk. He goes on to say, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Listen, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. A few moments ago, I said, life-giving words start with life-giving thoughts, which also means life-giving thoughts produce life-giving words. Also, Paul here talks of bitterness. James, back in chapter 3, mentions this issue of bitterness. Why is this such a big deal? It's because bitterness is not something that remains contained like a time capsule that you put the lid on and 30 years later you dig it up and go, oh, I had no idea that was in there. The thing with bitterness is it's more like a, like a, a drum full of nuclear waste that wasn't sealed properly. Inevitably, it's going to leak out and pretty soon they're going, we got to you know, fence this off and get people three miles away or whatever because we got a nuclear spill here. Bitterness is like that. Bitterness doesn't stay contained with one situation, one time, and with what happened 20 years ago. No, no, no. If you don't deal with the issue of bitterness and unforgiveness, which is related, then what happens is over time, if you dealt with it that way over here, why wouldn't you deal with it again when something comes up over here? And then again. And again, and again, to the point where instead of the bar being this high, well, I mean, 20 years ago, and and this happened, and and divorce, and, and there was an affair, all this stuff, and I've been so angry, whatever, that pretty soon over here, people are simply not returning your phone call, and you're writing them off. And you think that's impossible, but see, it's a progression. Bitterness becomes a pathway to you coping with every relationship around you that has ever rubbed you the wrong way. It doesn't stay contained that one time way back when. It's impossible. And we're warned over and over and over, don't leave these things undone because they will undo the rest of your life. Let me ask you this. How many of you would say in, in, in the years that you've been alive, 42 years for me, some of you 22, some of you 82. Anyway, so in the years that you've been alive, how many of you would say that, that Um, somebody has maybe rubbed you the wrong way, you've been frustrated, you've frustrated somebody else. How many would say there's at least five people in your lifetime that that you've had some issues with at times? Small or large? Small or large? How many would say it's as many as eight people? How many, you're like, I'm gonna keep my arm a long time. I know. (laughs) Okay, that's why you work out and then come to church. So you're ready for this. How many would say 10 people? Come on, just play along here. 20 people. 30 people, 40 people, 50 people, 60. There's only a few of us that are really getting this. <laughs> Here's the thing. Listen, listen, listen. Here's the thing. There are a hundred, I believe this about all of us. There are hundreds of people in our lives that have rubbed us the wrong Some of it is major fouls. Like I said, there's the marriage and the affair, and that's huge and monstrous. And some of it, that, that's my hand, whatever. Others of you, it's like, you know what? I was just driving here, and some idiot was going 28 and a 30, and he annoyed me. Right? No, no, no. I want you to hear this, though. Because here's what it is. We tend to look at it and go, well, I mean, there's five people in my lifetime that it's been huge, and I can't believe, and I don't even know, and we're done. But every single day, how many of are married? Okay, your spouse is one of them. There's, there's no way around. How many of you have kids? Raise your hand. Absolutely every one of those kids. Stinkers. Anyway, so, but here's the thing. I'm telling you, it's everybody. Some of you are looking at me going, it's you. I'm like, I know. Tell me about it. And I'm saying this because here's the thing. It's easy if, if in the big things we go, well, there's a, re- I have a reason to be bitter. And if we hold on to that biblically, that begins to trickle into other areas of our lives that pretty soon you send me a text and I didn't respond in a few days, life gets busy, whatever, and all of a sudden you're like, he just doesn't even like me. Oh, he doesn't even care. And we cope with big things the same way that we cope with small things because it doesn't stay contained. The warning over and over and over. We we are so quick to judge, quick to, to settle on why, quick to fill in the gaps of what we don't understand with suspicion. Oh, I bet they, and how dare they, and they're just trying to. And sometimes it's like, I just was busy. Can I just be busy? I'm sorry. Forgive me. Forgive me, you know? See, Paul says something to the Ephesian church that he's reminding all of us. It's why we even have it in the Bible. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. In other words, words that cut others down. Words that don't bring unity. Words that divide. I mean, the the, the word broken down, wholesome, is the idea of helping somebody be whole. If you're not helping them become whole, then you're doing something wrong. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Let me ask you again, where does your mind go when you think about certain people? Where does your mind go as you pass people on the street that look different than you? As you navigate a family that you're like, I can't believe I'm related to these people. I mean, there's, again, guys, I'm telling you, there's hundreds for all of us. Some of them are big things where we go, that was huge, and it hurts, and counseling. Other things are small, but even still, which is why we're reminded, be kind and compassionate to each other, forgiving one another, just as in Christ, God forgave us. How many of you guys know the power of words is amazing? I want you to finish this, this for me. Okay, ready? Sticks and stones may break my bones. We all know it. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And when I was a kid in North Marysville, and there were a couple of girls that were my neighbors in my neighborhood, and somehow we were hanging out, and I I got frustrated with them, and they were frustrated with me, and they started calling me names. And I remember going inside and going, Mom, they're making me feel whatever. And she said, just say this to them. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. So I march out there, and I'm eight years old, nine years old. I march out there and go, sticks and stones may break my bones. And they finished it. And I'm like, no! You can't do that. How many of us are well aware that this is simply not true? Sticks and stones can physically break your bones, but words can crush your soul. How many of you remember, like I do, names I've been called in my lifetime? Words that have been said that were terrible to me. I can remember sentences of things said to me about me and it hurt. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can crush my soul. That's why, again, if you're taking notes, Proverbs eighteen twenty one comes into play. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The message version, I love how it says it. Words kill and words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose it's the power of words and the simple fact is this foolish people speak death wise people speak life let me ask you again what do you say under your breath about people what do you say to your friends about people you don't like Is it possible that if I were to post on this screen things that you've said in the last seven days, you would look like a bigot, a racist, sexist? Is it possible it would put you in a pretty bad light if it showed up here right now with your name underneath? And it's that idea, well, I was only joking. Well, I don't really mean it, but it's a thing where do you understand the power of words? What you say matters. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Could be today, quick to listen, slow to post on social media. In the vein of James one nineteen, we have two ears and one mouth, so we listen at least twice as much as we speak. I love this one. And again, you can write it down. Proverbs 17, 28, even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. That, maybe that's why in a crowd of people that don't know me, I'm like, if I shut up, they'll think I'm smart. If I say something, they're going, like, he's an idiot. I'll just be quiet. Can I just say this? Nobody thinks the way you think, has all the same beliefs or opinions you have. Nobody You know what? I hate tomatoes. I love baseball, and I am a Mariners fan no matter what. Which I can say proudly today, but 16 years, you guys. (laughs) And there's still time. I'm nervous. I'm like, well, I made it through June. I I don't care for the oldies. I I wouldn't I don't mean music I mean music I don't mean I don't mean people I love you people I want to kiss a senior citizen can we just get this over with the the music wise I just just don't okay I wouldn't enjoy visiting the space needle with the new clear glass floor I love camping hiking and fishing I don't care to vacation on a cruise ship (laughs) you're judgmental knock it off I had somebody in the lobby earlier go, we just got back from one. I'm like, good for you. Anyway, so I didn't say that. I thought it though. Okay. Wearing suits is not fun at all, at least for me. I love reading, I enjoy snow skiing immensely. Worship is my favorite kind of music, followed by rap. I believe in Jesus as the savior of the world and the only way to heaven and that the Bible is our guide for living out life. My favorite movie might actually be Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. I love it. I love that movie. Every time my kids, hey, watch a movie. Hey, let's watch Alexander. Anyway, you can judge me. I like taking risks. I believe God honors stepping out in faith. I'm picky about food, And I think my kids are the best. And I believe my wife is the second best thing that ever happened to me. So there. How can anybody hate tomatoes? Has he ever been on a cruise? Not everybody agrees with me that the Bible's our guide for living. Some people are Yankee fans. As dumb as that is, they are. (laughs) If that's you, good for you. Just put your hand down, (laughs) right? My wife hates camping. She calls herself indoorsy, and she says it this way. I love the outdoors from the indoors. <laughs> here, here, here's the thing, and this, I'm just going to end this today. Instead of judging, try learning. And maybe you just need to write that down today. Instead of judging, try learning. Building bridges instead of burning bridges open your heart to people. God loves this world, meaning every single person on the planet. And that means so should we. It doesn't matter where they came from, what their nationality might be, what language they might speak. It doesn't matter their color of their skin, their gender, or their sexual orientation. We are called to love people. And we ought to be reminded That for every one of us in this room, Paul says it was the kindness of God that led us towards repentance. Be reminded that that Paul says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If God loves this world, then I believe we're called to as well. Listen more, speak or post less. Smile. Find creative ways to think about others or even compliment others. I've said before, and I'll repent of it today, there are moments where I've said things about, the person who wears pajamas out in public. So you know what I've tried to do recently? Think differently. So you know what I think? Hey, they're more ready for a nap than I am. (laughs) But you know, on a serious note though, my wife has told me this, you know what? Maybe it's all they could do to actually get out of the house today. Maybe it's all they could do. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Think differently. Let me say this as I end. I want to encourage every single one of you, and maybe it's a good summer homework thing, read the book of Proverbs over and over and over. 31 chapters. Like right now, what you know, July, August, maybe September, three months, you could read through it three times if you just did a chapter a day. Proverbs has, I've, I've, most of what I've quoted today is out of Proverbs just principles on how you and I are called to live this life and walk in wisdom. How many of you would say, you know what, I could use some help, Lord, learning to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Just raise your hands, and I got mine up. Father, today, that's our confession, that it is so easy. And it's not that we don't have opinions or whatever, but God, I pray that, that we would challenge on the second thought, Lord, to think twice about assumptions to think twice, God, about the frame of reference people are coming, to think twice, God, where they're, especially I pray for individuals in this room that there's been rifts in relationship, there's been brokenness, and there's, well, it was this, we didn't get along, and we argued, and it was this way and that way, and I said and they said, and that, God, you would move in hearts to bring restoration, God, to bring healing. And, Lord, in all of this, there's this aura. In all of this conversation, in all of these, there's this aura of the need for humility. And God, I pray for that. That Jesus, we can walk with a certain humility. It doesn't mean we don't have certain core beliefs. That's great. We ought to. We do. It's important. At the same time, God, it doesn't mean we look down our nose at the neighbor who's a different religion. At, at, at the people down the street who, well, they don't have the same principles I have. That instead of being judgmental, God, it should break our hearts because it breaks yours. And then our thought is not to judge them, but to God think, how can I build a bridge? How can I extend the grace of Jesus? How can I show love because I've needed it? Father, help us walk out what you desire that that we're not just quick to speak, slow to listen, but we're quick to listen and slow to speak. Father, help us all, especially in this heated world that we live in. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Grove Church Podcast. If you want to keep up to date with us, like us on Facebook or sign up for our e-newsletter at grove.church.